0: The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.
1: Today on Croll Call, we're answering all of your questions about love, romance, and even sex. Jeremy Helliger was asked, is it true what they say about black men so many times that he decided to write a book? Then, we're going to bed with All My Children actress Terry Ivins, who will talk about her new novel, The Buzz, Pointing Fingers. Plus, Mookie Okan will be here to tell us why she is your orgasm's best friend. And then we're all getting together for a panel discussion to answer your emails, tweets, and calls with everything you wanted to know about sex, but weren't afraid to ask. That's coming up today on Crow Call. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Crawl Call. I'm your host, Dan Crawl, And today, we are hoping to reproduce some of the success that we've had in the past couple of weeks by doing something a little different. As you know, on Crawl Call, we bring you closer to your favorite stars of television, film, and music, interviews each and every week. And we also have an expert panel of guests that can give you tips and advice on things that you're already doing, ways to save money, ways to save some time. It's really a full-service show. But today, today, Today we're doing something that we haven't done before, and that's encouraging you, the listener, to be part of the show, to be a guest. It's because today we are dispensing advice on love, romance, dating, and sex. It is a chance for you to call in, ask all the questions that you've ever wanted to know, and we'll do it in a judgment-free zone. Just call in to 866-472-5788, and you'll have a chance to talk to some of our experts. We have an expert on all things sex, we have an expert on dating, and we have an expert who knows a lot about the fictional aspect of romance from being on television. Then, there's me. I have no idea what I know about sex, love, and romance. I am full of advice, this will be a chance for me to hand it out today, and you know you can take it and see if it's any good for you. But if you want to take part in the show and are a little too shy to call in to 866-472-5788, you can also tweet your questions at call Show or go to krollcall.com, click on the Be a Guest button, and you can submit your question there. We'll do our best to answer as many of your questions as we can on the air today, And because of the topic, this may not be a show that is safe for all audiences. So if you have kids, you may want to shush them out of the room and tell them to do something else. Maybe have them eat some of their leftover Halloween candy. On second thought, that might not be the best idea because you'll be trying to listen to the show and they'll be bouncing around off the walls. But that may encourage you to, I don't know, not have any more kids. Who knows what it'll do. But we will do all of this today with... Mookie Okan, who is our sex expert right here on Kroll Call. We will be also joined by Terry Ivans, who you may remember from All My Children. She's also the host of her own talk show called Going to Bed with Terry Ivans. We'll take her up on that offer and have her dispense some of her own advice. And up first... He is an expert on dating around the world. Jeremy Helger will be here to talk about his new book that attempts to answer a question that, well, he's been asked one too many times. We're going to kick that off coming up after the break. Stay tuned because Crow Call will be right back.
2: self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics.
3: Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com.
1: A sample of Climax's Man Size Love. It is the 7-inch version. We were not able to accommodate the full 12-inch version, so we did what we could to make it work. My first guest is an author. I don't know why that tickles me so much. We'll uh, we'll try to do this and get this uh, put together in a very serious format here. My first guest is an author who, in his career, has interviewed everyone from David Bowie to David Beckham. There's probably a 7 to 12-inch joke in there somewhere, too. But in 2006, he felt, in his words, that upheaval was necessary and began a journey that's taken him around the world. It also led Jeremy Helger to write a travelogue and memoir told from the point of view of a gay black man called Is It True What They Say About Black Men? Tales of Love, Lust, and Language Barriers on the Other Side of the World. Jeremy, welcome to the show. Hey Dan, it's so great to be here, and what a
4: great song selection, my favorite Climax song. Uh,
1: They have a couple of good songs, but that sort of uh, fell across my desk, and it amused me even more that it wasn't just the album version, it was the 7-inch version, and there is a dance version that is, you know, a a 12-inch version, just something about the title of that that seemed to fit in perfectly to today's show.
4: Absolutely awesome.
1: (laughs) So what we're going to do is, first of all, I guess folks don't know, I mentioned you know, you're doing a memoir, a travelogue of dating around the world. Where, you're like my little Where's Waldo of the show here. Where in the world are you right now?
4: I'm actually right now in Sydney, Australia. I moved here three weeks ago to start a new editing job. So Sydney's my new home,
1: so what prompted you to make the decision to leave the United States and travel around the world?
4: Well, you know, I'd be, I had been living in New York for 15 years. I would worked for, as a writer and as a staff editor at People Magazine, Us Weekly, Entertainment Weekly. And while I enjoyed my work, I just felt that my life was becoming a little bit stagnant. And I was starting to fall into that typical New York trap of being defined by my job, being defined by what I do. And I felt like I really needed to just shake everything up and just get out of my comfort zone and move to a place where I didn't know anyone, I didn't speak the language. And I had gone to Buenos Aires several times on vacation and loved the city. And my intention was actually to stay there for six months, you know, relax, find myself, maybe meet a great guy. And I ended up staying for four and a half years. So it was a completely unexpected development that ended up working out really
3: well.
1: (laughs) It's funny because a lot of people who are in large cities, I see this from friends, I see this on Twitter, I see it on Facebook. But there are a lot of people who are in huge, large cities like new york city and they say there are no good men or women here there are also people who are in small towns where there are maybe 14 people and they say the same thing there's no one here there's no one to see there's no one right for me you're in new york city and you're saying that you could not find or that there was no one there who piqued your interest enough so you decided to leave that a lot of people will find that fascinating
4: well, here's the thing. I um I just wrote a piece for the Huffington Post called Five Lessons I've Learned from Dating Abroad. Not abroad, but abroad as an overspeaker. <laughs> and, and one of the lessons is a man is a man is a man, no matter where you are. And, you know, people sometimes think, well, if I go to Italy, I'll meet a really romantic person. Or if I go to France, I'll meet a really suave person. But the thing is, basically... You're going to meet jerks everywhere. You have the potential of meeting nice people everywhere. The thing about New York City is that, yeah, there are more options, but there are also more options to meet bad guys and to meet jerks and to have your heart broken. So you really have as much of a chance of meeting the love of your life, the one in small-town USA or small-town France as you do in New York City or London or Sydney or Buenos Aires?
1: There is, you know, I assume when we bring people on the show and we talk about things that everyone will understand, they'll be in on it. It occurred to me, Jeremy, that from reading twitter not everyone may know what the title of your book means is it true what they say about black men should we address the elephant that's probably the wrong animal choice should we should we we address the animal in the room whatever it is of what that means
4: well it's really funny you would mention elephants because i recently went a safari in tanzania and one of the things, you know, elephants, of course, are big in the Serengeti. And I was actually quite surprised to see the size of the elephants, if you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, the title, you know, living in countries like Buenos Aires, like, like Argentina and Thailand and Australia, where there aren't a lot of black men... There's a bit of a sexual mystique, and I was asked that question so many times in so many different languages, and at first, it would make me a little bit upset because, you know, no one wants to be thought of as
1: just... I don't know if we're going to know what people thought it kind of, you. of... Oh, There you are. You're back. We, we lost you there for a second with our international long-distance call, so you had said oh, that you I... were... That's okay. You were being asked the question, and it was sort of frustrating for you
4: it was sort of frustrating because no one wants to be thought of in terms of that but after a while it sort of became a joke and i kind of thought that by using it as a title of the book and by having a tongue in cheek cover that using that title it would be it would sort of take away some of the stigma but the book isn't just about that the book is you know sort of a humorous sometimes serious look at Not only being gay and black, but just being human and going to a place where you don't know anyone, where you don't speak the language. It's a story about being a fish out of water, you know, being out of your comfort zone and, you know, what do you do? How do you sort of assimilate yourself into this brand new situation?
1: We have a question as folks know we are going to be taking their calls and tweets and emails all hour long. If you want to call in and have a question that you'd like to know about dating, love, romance or sex, you can call into 866 866- but Jeremy we have a question that was submitted by email for you in advance of the show and here it is I'll read it Uh, they did not sign their name to it but it says I was out of town working for several months and I ended up meeting a guy normally because out of town trips only last a day or two this would probably have ended up as just a hookup but because I was there for a longer time we ended up spending more and more time together when it came time for me to leave we both said that we wanted to continue seeing each other but realistically I know out of Sight out of mind. Is it possible to carry on a real relationship with someone who is hundreds or thousands of miles away? Jeremy, what are your thoughts on that?
4: Here's the thing about long-distance relationships. You know, My gut instinct tells me that they don't work, but one of the key relationships, actually the key relationship in my book is with someone that I met when I was on an extended holiday in Melbourne, Australia. For the first, first time. And before we met, I had intended to leave Buenos Aires and move there. So I knew I was coming back, but between the time that we met and when I came back to Melbourne, I was in Buenos Aires again for four months. And so we basically had to have a long distance relationship. And it's difficult. It's very tough. There are lots of challenges. Because part of being in a relationship is having that face time, that togetherness, that communion that is not quite the same when you're Skyping and emailing and IMing on Facebook. But I think what made it work and what made it last to the point where we were able to be a couple when I returned to Melbourne is the fact that there was a cutoff date. We knew that
1: we are, again, experiencing a little bit of our long-distance international problems. What we're going to do is we're going to work to get Jeremy back, and we're going to bring him in for our last segment where we're going to bring everyone together to answer your calls. In the meantime, you can order a copy of Is It True What They Say About Black Men? Tales of Love, Lust, and Language Barriers on the Other Side of the World on Amazon. We have the link on our website at crawlcall.com and on our Twitter feed at Crow Call Show. We are gonna take a quick break, but we're gonna be talking more sex, love, and romance this time with Terry Ivans. Stay tuned because Crow Call will be right back. News.
5: Opinion.
3: Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com.
2: Hey, soap fans, are you looking for the inside scoop on your favorite daytime drama series? For 15 years, soap fans have looked no further than SoapCentral.com. Every day, SoapCentral.com has comprehensive daily recaps of all the happenings on your favorite soap operas. Whether you watch The Young and the Restless, General Hospital, All My Children, or any of the other soaps, soapcentral.com will keep you tuning in tomorrow. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN.
0: Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN.
1: is sleeping single off the album look sharp by Roxette, but we're not going to be sleeping single for long because we are about to be going to bed with terry ivans <laughs> <laughs> terry appeared for seven years on the abc soap All my children she is the host of her own talk show called going to bed with terry ivans she's a foodie and she's now this is very exciting a newly published author with her first novel the buzz pointing fingers terry ivans welcome to the show so excited I'm excited for you to be here because now you're the, you're quite the multi hyphenate actress, host, author. It's kind of exciting, right?
6: Yeah, you know who who would have thought that this girl, you know, has a brain? And well, but I guess that's still you know to be decided.
1: <laughs> so. You know, folks know you as an actress on All My Children. They can also still enjoy seeing you on the web series The Bay. But what prompted you to put pen to paper? Do people actually still do that? Or put fingers to keyboard to write The Buzz?
6: You know, the the short version is that I wanted, God forbid, anything happened to me. I wanted there to be a how-to book to guide my daughter through adolescence if I wasn't around. And that is really what pushed me to overcome my own fears of rejection in the publishing world and, uh, submit my work for publication. You know, that's really true. It was already, uh, copywritten and finished as an entirety. The whole series was one book in the beginning about 10 years ago. And then through moving to New York and all my children and marriage and baby, I just, it was out of sight, out of mind. I didn't even think about it until, you know, I, I, you know, was looking at my daughter and, you know, And, you know, looking at what reading material is out there for her in the young adult range, and I realized, you know what, I've got something that I want her to read herself. And as I grew with it, I realized it's really a a diamond in the rough for every child because they can learn through my mistakes, through my character's development. You know, it's a lot of what I actually walked through in life, but with the wisdom and the knowledge that I have of my years now.
1: It's interesting that you mentioned having written something and put it away because that is, from my recollection, the story of All My Children. Agnes Nixon wrote All My Children, sort of put it away in a desk drawer and brought it out later. Um, so that's sort of interesting how there's, there's a tie-in. But you mentioned, you know, wanting to lead your daughter if, we're not even going to say, but if something were to happen. But there's a question that was submitted to you on the website that's very, very similar to what you're saying, and it's the perfect question for you. It's from Mark. And... He says, I'm a 33-year-old single father raising a 13-year-old daughter. I know that I probably should have already done this, but I know that I'm eventually going to have to have the talk with her. I have no problems talking about sex with my buddies, but she's my little girl, and I don't even know where to begin. Terry, (laughs) what is your advice for Mark?
6: Keep her locked up. (laughs)
1: <laughs> that's the easy answer. <laughs>
6: yeah, get an alarm system to where you can keep her in. It's not about, you know, keeping people out. <laughs> that's
7: a very good no, point. No, you
6: know, that's 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 uh, a huge conversation, even in my own household with a 10-year-old. You know, as parents, we want to keep our children as naive and innocent for as long as possible. But our, in our other hand, we have the responsibility to gear them up with as many tools as possible that they can force their own role and their own way through this crazy world filled with peer pressures. And I believe the number one thing is having open communication. And even though we may hem and haw and cough and, and you know, roll our eyes to really hear the question that our child is asking and really answer from the depth of our own experience, you know, to give just some random textbook answer of the birds and the bees fails in comparison to mark was it if if he actually told her his experience of when he first liked a girl when he was her age and what he was feeling because then there's they build their own relationship and what i'm finding with my own daughter is that if our relationship is tight where she feels that she can trust me, that I'm not going to go tell, you know, anyone her, her, her feelings, then she's going to continue as she does, running home, going, oh, my God, Mom, you'll never guess what happened. And even though there are times where I want to go, oh, my God, and be the parent, I swallow it and remain being that friend to give her sound advice based on my experience.
1: I think that's great advice.
6: I, we'll see, right? My kid's 10. Let's see what I say when she's 13. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, there's an answer to your question, Mark. Uh, we have some other things. I'm, I'm watching the clock here, and we're somehow time is zipping by on the show. But, uh, Terry, I mentioned that you are the host of your own series, Going to Bed with Terry Ivans." We... I don't know how this happened, but somehow we'll be reuniting on your show, and we'll be talking about one of my other favorite things in the whole world, food. What is this? What did I get myself into? Tell me, tell me.
6: Oh my gosh, we've got this great new sponsor, this chef, and he's going to be sending both you and I food to our homes, and then we're going to eat it and critique it. I mean, come on, is that a dream gig for you and I? (laughs) On my show. So like, there there is pressure that we like it, but you know what? We don't have to because you know we got to be truthful to our our fanship and followers. But I I have tasted this food on the set of the Bay, which is what made me go, oh my gosh! I had this jambalaya that was to die for, and this gumbo. So I'm really thrilled that you are gung-ho to uh, do some taste testing with me and to share with the world this new chef.
1: You know, hey, when food is involved, I'm the first one in line. You know how like, uh, when people camp out to go and see the new Star Wars movies, that would be me <laughs> with food, really. I mean, I'm being honest.
6: <laughs> yeah, I think I did that when Krispy Kreme came into the neighborhood. Oh I, God, I, I camped out to get the first donut.
1: They are another of my favorites. I have even been known to dress up like a pirate on Talk Like a Pirate Day to get a free donut. So uh, (laughs) I'm not above anything. But let folks know, how can they go to bed with Terry Ivins? Where can they see see the show?
6: Oh, uh, just at UBN Radio. On Twitter, uh, UBNradio.com, Wednesday nights, 8 p.m. We're live. And as always, I archive all of my episodes, and especially my really important ones that I get a kick out of. And we, uh, archive on Vimeo, dot uh, com. So you can see the whole history of everything on camera. So it's, uh, it's quite fun and entertaining, I believe.
1: And before I get to your last question of this particular segment, before we bring you back at the end for our no-holds-barred uh, advice, call, questions, answer, let everyone also know how they can get a copy of your book, because I understand that if they go to your website, they will get a special additional treat.
6: Oh, you are so correct. Uh, I ordered offset print so that I could do autograph, personalized autograph copies. So if you go to terryivans.com you can actually purchase a hardcover or a soft cover book and actually write in who you want me to make the autograph to. I, I think for especially for kids that it's when it's got a personal touch as like, you know, hey M- Mark, I think you're you know, you're gonna do well. Dream big, Terry Ivins, it just goes farther and it makes for a great gift.
1: I think it does too. So there you have it and I think in deference to this particular show everyone should Order a hardcover copy of the book. <laughs> I'm, not but I'm, sure what, I'm not sure what that means. But we have another question for you. This was submitted specifically for you. It's from Ed, who wants to know, what advice would you give a newly single dad in how to date with having children? So there are a lot of people who can relate to that. They're single parents with children. Not unlike the last question that we, we submitted, but, you know, that turns some people off or it scares people away. What's your advice?
6: Well, you know, it's interesting because I am in that exact boat, and I believe very strongly, and I walk it. I haven't, you know, Dan, I haven't dated for almost, it's going on two years, and it it—it really wasn't like an outright choice, but it was a choice. I just didn't plan it to be this long. But its I really put my child first. As a woman, I lead by example, right? It's unspoken. If she sees men come in and out of our lives, even if it's serial monogamous relationships, what message am I sending to her? So my dating life has been non-existent, but would I choose to do as I look farther down the road is that I will use the opportunities when she is with her father and I'm off mama duty, that that's when I will start to explore my options. And then if the right man is in my life at that time, he's going to be one that probably will understand and will have more respect for me that we work out our own relationship before he ever meets my daughter. So I would suggest that Ed would contemplate those ideas for himself. You know, we only get this limited amount of time where we get to, you know, be all of that as a parent. It it flies by so fast, so why not just drink it all up?
1: Well, we're going to see what you think about online dating, threesomes, and porn, but that's coming up (laughs) a little later in the show terry thank you for being here for this segment and we'll see you back in just a little bit with all sorts of advice and questions from the callers
6: excellent i'll be listening
1: all right everybody we have to take a quick break but we'll be back with more of everything that you wanted to know about sex but weren't afraid to ask on Crow call stay tuned Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America.
3: Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com.
1: That, of course, is I Want Your Sex by George Michael off his blockbuster 1987 album, Faith. We are continuing our discussion here about anything and everything about love, romance, and sex. And my next guest is known as your orgasm's best friend. She is a surrogate partner in the Western medical model of sexual healing, a rites of passage facilitator. And for the last 23 years, which is an incredibly long time. She has been involved in spiritual sexuality retreats and individual coaching. She is Mookie Okan. Mookie, welcome to the show.
8: Thank you so much. Wonderful to be here. I'd love for
1: you to start off by telling everyone a little bit about yourself. You know, they hear me saying model of sexual healing and rites of passage facilitator, and that may not be what people can understand. So I'll let you tell them in, in regular terms a little bit about you and what that all means.
8: Sure. Okay. So basically, my mission is enhancing the sexual well-being of humanity. And really what I do is provide excellent education that's missing pretty much for every human being unless they grew up with enlightened adults around them. And uh, so provide education that we should have got when we were going through puberty, you know, that transition from young boy, young girl to young man, young woman. It's never too late to get the proper education, and then I do a lot of one-on-one coaching and sexuality retreats for singles and couples, which are not um, partner swapping or anything like that. It's just really bringing um, phenomenal tools and resources to any man or woman who knows there's more to sex than what you see on TV and all that stuff.
1: Something that I noticed, this is the first time that we've done this type of show, Mookie, and it's a little bit different from our normal course, and there are people who have responded in different ways to the fact that we're doing this. But one of the questions that I have is, why do you think that so many people are uncomfortable in talking about sex, particularly in an open forum like this?
8: Well, I, was, I would say because of we're brought up, you know, different religions and different belief systems that our parents have been brought up with, it, it's not like it's anybody's fault, but there's been a um, a movement against proper uh, discussion, communication, education about sexuality for quite a long period of time, you know, for centuries in human history. So we've got an opportunity now with all of the incredible uh, communication resources to, to open the doors to really good communication and resources about sex education. So it's just that... We don't know. You know, people don't know, is it okay? And once you open the door, you know, once people hear I'm your orgasm's best friend, people come up and have extraordinary conversations with me.
1: communication is certainly very important and we did get a question submitted on the website and again we are taking your calls if you would like to call in 866-472-5788 again it's 866-472-5788 or you can submit questions on our twitter feed at Kroll Call Show or go to krollcall.com and there's a place where you can submit your questions which is what Kimberly did and she has a question Mookie that says my boyfriend and I have been together since the summer and he always wants to have sex I don't have a Problem with that, but while he always seems to be enjoying it, I'm not. How do I tell my boyfriend that he's not doing it for me sexually? That's from Kimberly. What is your response to that?
8: Well, first of all, um, it doesn't really work to point the finger over there. If if one isn't whether you're a man or a woman, not enjoying the sexual interaction with your partner. It's got more to do with like learning more about your own body and what is pleasurable to you and how to uh, be uh, not in a conversation in your own head about how it's not working, whatever is happening, and really focus on the sensations that are. So the more that a woman learns about, for instance, her genital anatomy type, and what are the things that she really enjoys that opens and arouses her, that's the key. And then being able to communicate it in a way that lands with your partner. Because he really wants to give you as much pleasure as possible.
1: Do you think that there is, as you were saying with finger pointing, I think that sometimes people may respond negatively to that. If she were to have that discussion, it really does have to be done in such a way that the person doesn't uh, react in a way that they think that you're being negative. So how, what would be your approach to that?
8: Well, we have extraordinary modern technology. So for instance, this is a little tip, you know, couples texting often, or, you know, people in sexual relationships. So you could, um, I would recommend that she could, a couple of times they say, you know what I really love? I really love it when you do do, do 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 Or I really love it when you stroke me really slowly all over my body, and I can't wait for that. So it's providing really good information outside of the bedroom. So that's why you have to be familiar with what are your turn-ons. What we works
1: have a, for you? We have a caller who would like to speak to you. We have Galena on the line. Okay, you
5: are on Crow Call. Hey, hi, how are you? We're thanks doing well. actually. Great. Uh, listen, I just wanted to, a first of all, tell you guys you're doing a great job of bringing a taboo subject out into the front lines where we all really sometimes just need to hear it. So thanks very much for that. I appreciate it personally, and I know a lot of people that I know probably appreciate it as well. But I have a kind of funky question for you. Um, it's basically about sex Uh, After 50, when after 50, uh, as you know, our bodies are not exactly supermodel quality. Things are sagging. um, There's gray hairs in certain places. A lot of things are north of the border uh, than they used to be. How do you keep from being self-conscious? Yes, we want to go out there. Yes, sometimes if we're divorced or separated or things like that, we're meeting new people at that age, which we want to do how do we keep that level of self-consciousness from creeping in and kind of basically screwing everything up? Because we tend to be our worst enemies in our head about this kind of stuff, especially women.
1: That's a good question.
8: Yes, so I'm just going to say I am over 60 and I'm having the most extraordinary sex I've ever had in my entire life. So first of all, there's a mindset about it. There's an attitude and approach. The instant you think, well, I'm such and such an age, it's all going to be over and this and that's happening. You know, you you want to do everything you can to be, to have like the best lifestyle possible where you are gaining energy every day, where you're feeling flamed on and passionate every day because that's what your lifestyle is all about. So anything that you're doing, even outside the sexual realm where um, you're... Uh, inert, lethargic, uh, where you're not getting enough sleep, where you're not taking care of your body, so forth and so forth, so forth and so on. You want to upgrade that instantly. And there's little things that you can do as a woman that are going to make you feel better about your body, about how you look, how you dress, so forth and so on.
1: It's interesting that you mention that and it's it's great timing for that particular question and we thank the caller. There is something that you mention on your website. It's called The Vagina Diaries. It was apparently a documentary that aired in Australia about women having plastic surgery on their most delicate of parts. Yes. And that's very common here in the US. We're hearing more and more about that and bleaching of things and all sorts of other things. What is your take on this? Why are women wanting to change their bodies, particularly there? Well-
8: well, you see, we're quite mysterious, and so women really don't see what an extraordinary ver- variety there is in the vulva. Actually, it's called the vulva, and even though that documentary, which is awesome, is called The Vagina Diaries, that's just part of our anatomy. So every woman has different types of lips, you know, her inner lips. They're all different shapes and sizes, and some... Um, Cosmo, cosmologists I don't know what you call them cosmetic surgeons they've got the idea of promoting you know if you have fleshier kind of lips that hang down that you can see them when you're standing up that it's they, they're calling it excess excess skin which is ridiculous and because women don't see images of how incredibly beautiful and different we all are that's what one of my books is about um they they're not just through ignorance and not being able to being provided the images of our uniqueness, they're going for this surgery. And, you know, it cuts through so many nerves. It's actually very, very dangerous. And um, I highly recommend getting the DVD, The Vagina Diaries. it, It aired in Australia on national TV. So I was the educator in that, showing pictures of all different types.
1: We are going to get ready to take a break to come back for our big uh, roundtable discussion. But Muki, I want to let you, before we do that, give everyone the opportunity to know where they can find you and where they can get more information about the things that you've talked about.
8: Yes, the best way is my website, MukiOkan.com. That's M-U-K-E-E. O-K-A-N dot com and then also sexandthedivinedesign.com and that will take you to all of the things that I offer. Everybody stay tuned
1: we are all getting back together to answer more of your calls your questions or a lot that have been submitted by email but we have to take a quick break we'll be back with more of Crow Call in just a moment.
3: Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, VoiceAmerica.com.
2: Hey, Soap fans, are you looking for the inside scoop on your favorite daytime drama series? For 15 years, Soap fans have looked no further than SoapCentral.com. Every day, SoapCentral.com has comprehensive daily recaps of all the happenings on your favorite soap operas. general hospital all my children or any of the other soaps soapcentral.com will keep you tuning in tomorrow
3: streaming live the leader in internet talk radio VoiceAmerica.com.
5: spinderella cut it up one time let's talk about sex baby let's talk about you and me let's talk about all
1: We are back with our Everything You Wanted to Know About Sex But Weren't Afraid to Ask edition of Cruel Call. We are joined now by everybody who's been on today's show so far for a roundtable discussion. We're going to be taking your questions by phone, Twitter, and email. If you'd like to call in, the number is 866-472-5788. Again, it's 866-472-5788. On Twitter, it's at... Kroll Call Show, and the website is krollcall.com. You can go there and submit your question. The song you just heard is Let's Talk About Sex by salt Peppa off their 1991 album, Black's Magic, and of course it samples the classic I'll Take You There by the Staple Singers. Let me reintroduce everybody who is going to be on. We have Jeremy. He is back. Jeremy Helger, he's the author of Is It True What They Say About Black Men. Jeremy, are you still with us?
7: I'm still here. I'm back and I'm still here.
1: Great. Stay there. Don't go anywhere. We also have Terry Ivins, who has a book of her own called The Buzz Pointing Fingers. Terry, welcome back. Thank you. And Mugi Okan, the expert in sexuality. I have a question for all of you. Um, We're going to go down the line and sort of start with Jeremy on this one. It's from Evie, who wants to know, how do you feel about online dating? Jeremy, what's your thought on that?
7: You know, here's the thing. As far as gay online dating goes, you know, with Grindr and Mana and the different websites, the men you meet through your friends, the men you meet at work, the men you meet at the supermarket are the same guys you meet online. You know, everyone has an online profile nowadays, so, you know, regardless of what forum you use to meet the guys, you're basically going to be meeting the same guys. So it's not so much where you meet them, but it's about what happens after you meet
1: them. And Terry, we know that in the couple of segments ago, you'd mentioned that you made a conscious decision to not date for a period of time. We have the online dating, and to me, it's all sort of a foreign concept in this world, surprisingly, since I run a website. But what is your take on online dating?
6: You know, I had the privilege of being uh, schooled by one of Los Angeles's... Online dating uh, gurus, and she told me to get ready to venture out to get online and get a get you know find one site and make my profile. It's actually on my to do list, and just start answering emails to start preparing me to get ready to go out there.
1: All right, so I mean, I guess that's it. I want to go in completely different idea here it's going to Mookie for this one Um, I'm not sure what your take will be on this but it's a question it says my boyfriend and I have been together since 2012 and he's been pushing lately to have a threesome he's fine with bringing in another woman into the bedroom but when I suggest bringing in another guy he gets mad and storms out of the room Mookie what is your thought on people who are wanting to experiment in the bedroom by adding another person
8: Well, it's definitely not going to work if both of you are not on board. And um, so it takes a lot of, like, really open-hearted care with one another and respect with one another to honor each other's decisions about it. And so if one partner is wanting it and the other partner is, you don't want to just go along with it, you know. If you're really, that's not going to be something that's going to work for you. And then, you know, it's it's not a good sign That's the vice versa is, up, is already upsetting. So I would say mm, it's probably not going to work so great unless you have awesome, um, honorable, respectful relationship already that's really grounded and that you both want to have that experience.
1: Is your experience that that sort of thing tends to cause more trouble more often than perhaps it's worth?
8: Well, it takes a tremendous amount of maturity to be able to handle that situation. So, that's the bottom line. And if you have, you know, if you have like regular upsets uh, about even like looking, you know, at the op- opposite sex or whoever, you know, whoever uh, isn't your partner, there's a lot of growth that needs to happen and yes, it can absolutely cause a lot more upset. Rather than enjoyment. But if you're mature and balanced and got great uh, grounding and commitment in your relationship, it can work.
1: I'm going to take this next question and share it with Jeremy since he is the other guy on the panel. (laughs) This is from Rich. And the question, Jeremy, is, I have about a thousand hours of porn on my computer does this make me some sort of deviant? Jeremy, what do you say about a guy who has pornography on their computer?
7: (laughs) Again, this is something that is not uncommon. I think a lot of guys watch porn, a lot of guys download porn. So if you are a deviant for having thousands of porn on your computer, and personally, I'm not a fan of porn, but if you're a deviant for having thousands of hours of porn on your computer, then there are a lot of deviants out there because I think it's pretty common. Terry, what are
1: your thoughts?
6: Oh, man. You know, I think it, it can be wonderful if you're sharing it together in a relationship. And I don't mean like watching it Together while you're making love, but maybe sitting at the computer and and having conversation about what you might want to try together. But you know, again, like what Mookie said, even if it's just online, you're opening up a door that could probably cause more headaches than pleasure.
1: Here's a good one. Uh, we're going to stick right with you, Terry, and we're going to move down the line on this one. This is something that I just came up with, and it's something that's been in the news. And Terry, as a celebrity, you probably have some thoughts on this. There are and have been a lot of hackings lately where celebrities have had their photos that they were in the clouds somewhere have gone public. What are your thoughts on taking risque photos and where is the responsibility? You know, if you take it, do you just sort have to put up with the fact that it could end up public or I'll stop leading the question? What do you think, Terry?
6: Well, I mean, all of us that are in the public eye, we've, we've allowed ourselves and chosen ourselves to be there. So we have to live at a higher standard and take responsibility for all of our actions. Now, if you're going to put it out there in any way, shape, or form, even if you thought it was public or private, the opportunity for it to go public is looming at anyone being pissed off at you. It doesn't even have to be hacked. So therefore, I believe that you must own it. You know, don't do it if you you think it's not something that you're, you know, going to be proud of owning in the future. You know, kids, we, you know, high, uh, high schoolers, you know, colleges look for all of these things for their, you know, their acceptance uh, for submissions. And we we are in a generational movement of everything instant and now, now, now. I think we're being a little naive to think that things are really hidden, not one tweet, not one post, not one picture. If we're out there in the social media, we have to expect that it's all being seen.
1: Mookie, what are your thoughts? Do you think that maybe in taking these photos and then they get out there, yes, there's a sense of privacy, but do you also think that maybe on some level there's uh, some a lack of self-conscious about our bodies?
8: Oh, I think when pictures leak that really were intended for private use only, that's not about self-consciousness so much. I mean, that's just... A, Not honoring privacy. So, uh, you know, I think it's a wonderful thing to to share in a sexual relationship is pictures and images and span. You just have to be responsible for how you store them and how you share them. So that's really what I've got to say about it. Jeremy, I'm going to let you
1: have the last word. What do you think of the... I agree with Terry. I think
7: that if you're going to go there, you have to be prepared for the potential ramifications. You know, many years ago when I was very young, I actually had a boyfriend of mine take nudie pictures of me on the roof of a department building. And this was back in the days before digital cameras and all that. So if you wanted, if you were a photographer, you had to actually go to the Photoshop and have them develop. So stupidly, that's what we did. And, you know, we got the photos back and they've been long since destroyed. But, you know, if I were to become a celebrity, (laughs) I am completely prepared to have those pictures surface online, because, you know, when you're doing it, you have to be aware of that, you know, this could get out.
1: We have a caller, we're going to take it very quickly, but we have a caller from Texas with a question. Caller, are you there?
7: Yes, this is Miss Minerva Pritchett. And I just thought <laughs> I had to call in because Dan Crow, you have been such an inspiration for so many years. I have followed your soap career, and I just think it is outrageous that people are leaking other people's <laughs>
4: This is Jamie.
7: Giddens. I know who it is. Hello, Jamie.
1: I
4: love you. I just had to call.
7: I saw the last call message, so this is your boy Jamie, and I, I couldn't
1: get my prank call out. So <laughs> I knew it's Minerva. I saw it, and so I'm like, "What is really going on? I want to talk more about this, but I see that they're flashing signs and telling yes. me that we are almost Bye. out of time. <laughs> Thank you, Jamie. That's Jamie Giddens from Daytime Confidential. They also have (laughs) Pop Confidential, which is everything unsoaped. But we are out of time, everybody. I can't believe this. So, uh, Jeremy, Terry, Mookie, I want to thank you so much for dropping by and being part of the show.
6: Absolutely.
7: Thanks for having me, yeah. Wonderful to be here.
1: And we would love to do this again. For those of you out there, if you'd like more information about Jeremy or Terry's books, any of the music that you heard coming uh, out of our commercial breaks today, or more about Mookie and what... The services end items that she has that we've talked about there's a lot of stuff going on please just go to our Twitter feed at Kroll Call Show or visit our website at krollcall.com it's a place to get all of the information we also have a show archive where you can go and listen to any show on demand so if you missed a show if you want to hear it again or if there's some information that you'd like to maybe share with a partner or loved one or friend please go to krollcall.com the show is also available as a free download in the podcast section of iTunes if you're looking for something to take your mind off of sex, love, and romance, follow me <laughs> at Dan J. Curl on Twitter. Who knows what I'll be talking about? Perhaps some food. And next week, we are going to be back with another all-new show. We'll be heading to the movies to look at Dumb and Dumber 2. And as Thanksgiving approaches, you know, we think about all of the food that we'll be eating and enjoying. But we're also going to be talking about a new documentary that focuses on children in our own communities that don't have enough to eat and How we can help to make a difference without even spending a single penny. That's next week, Friday, November 14th at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Until then, have a great week, everybody. I'll see you back here next time for more of Croll Call.